of spills and stains on your sofa? Wash away your worries with Anabay. Anabay, the only sofa that's machine washable inside and out, where designer quality meets budget-friendly prices. That's right, sofas from only $639. Anabay brings you a no-risk experience with pet-friendly, stain-resistant, and changeable slipcovers made with performance fabric, cloud-like comfort with high-resilience foam, and hypoallergenic featherless down that needs no fluffing. Their steel frame ensures longevity, and you can rearrange the modular pieces anytime. And here's the cherry on top, up to 60% off site-wide. It's backed by a 30-day satisfaction guarantee, so if you're not absolutely in love, send it back for a full refund. No return shipping or restocking fees. Every penny back. Join the revolution of easy, clean, stylish living with up to 60% off at anabay.com. That's A-N-A-B-E-I.com. Offers are subject to change, and certain restrictions may apply. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. He told me something. Well, he said something on the documentary and then we talked about it, but it has stuck with me about the porn industry ever since he said it. I cannot think about porn and not think about what he said. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. Uh, one of my favorite people on the whole planet is on this episode helping me answer these questions. Bernie Calcote. Thanks for having me back, man. Thanks for being back. Uh, probably your hundredth Episode. Yeah, a lot of episodes, and I've listened to the last few with you by yourself, and even though you didn't say it, I could tell in your voice you were like, I'm just Bernie, I need Bernie back, so here I am. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, what we do is we answer your questions, we don't talk about us, we talk about us before we start recording, which is what we've been doing you know, for the last hour, or at least the time you got here. But what we do on this podcast as we record is answer your questions, you email podcast at grangersmith.com and i've got a bunch a bunch of questions you want to jump into these let's do it man okay this first one comes from anonymous it says hey granger i love your podcast and continue to draw wisdom from it each and every time i listen to it i'm a senior in high school and i've been fighting the following issues for the past few years and honestly pornography has been something that has continually eaten away at me and gotten to the point where i find it even hard to find anything worth of value in myself when I get up in the morning. It is relentless, like a wave that comes at me and drives me down wherever I try to reach out to God. And it makes me feel like I'm continually in a cycle of failure. Because of this, I hate myself as I have an addiction for it. I struggle to see any aspect of what I do in life as something to be proud of. And I've never been able to stand out in academics, sports, or even had a close friend throughout my life. And a similar part of me hates my addiction and hates myself even more for my failures in these areas of life. I just feel like I'm unnecessary in the life I live in. I know that this is a sob story and it feels pathetic even writing it, but I've been so tired out of my failures that if you can give me any advice or tough love on how to rely on my faith in Christ to combat these things, I would greatly appreciate it. What a way to start off the episode, huh, Burns? Yeah, he asked for Granger's tough love. Woo. He's opening a <laughs> gate. <laughs> All right, and, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to look up my boy Joshua here. Um, I got it, Bernie, I got to tell you about this guy, Joshua. So we went to 
Tyler and Parker and Chris and I went to this David Platt, you know, David Platt. Oh yeah. We went to this radical retreat in Jackson, Wyoming. And it's basically like Platt invited these, these people in different spheres of, of Christianity of influence to come together. And you know, David, it's all about, you know, reaching the unreached people. And so he brings people from all different walks of influence, puts them together in a room. And then we just had three days of just like telling each other and we would divide up into groups and tell each other, you know, how we have seen um, positive effects of, of our form of evangelism um, and how we've been able to reach different groups. And, and then we would listen to each other and just kind of encourage and build on each other. Well, one of these guys there, his name is Joshua Broom. Um, that is B-R-O-O-M-E. And his Instagram, I'm looking at it right now, is at I am Joshua Broom. And so I'll try to tell the story the best I can. I get off the plane in Jackson, and there's this guy. And and um, we could all, we, I could tell that the people that were actually going to this event. And he says, um, hey, man, I'm Joshua. And I'm like, I'm Granger. And you going to the David Platt thing? Yeah, cool. Um, where are you from? You know, he's like, well, uh, currently live in Dallas. But I'm from North Carolina. And I was like, cool, man, what's your story? And he said, um, well, I was in the porn, in, porn industry for a long time uh, before I was saved. And uh, Jesus saved me as I came out of it. And he's like, now I travel around and I tell people uh, the evils of the porn industry and what it really is, the face of it. And um, I tell him the gospel. And I was like, dude, I think I saw a documentary about you. And he was like, yeah, pr- probably. You know, I've, I've told my story a bunch. And I started thinking about it. And I had a couple years before that, I was on a plane and going to a random concert. And I watched this random documentary on YouTube about this guy who was a porn star that came out of it, was saved radically and came out of it. And here I am with him. And I was like, dude, and you're, you met your wife at the, at the gym and you're from North Carolina and then you worked at the, like I knew his whole story. And, and ironically, he knew mine. Right. Um, it's so crazy how that those kind of things happen. But, yeah. but now this is the first porn question that we've had a bunch uh, come to me on this podcast. And this is the first time I've gotten one since I've known Joshua. So first thing, Anonymous, I want you to follow at I am Joshua Broom. This dude's story is unbelievable yeah how he got into it he just wanted to be an actor moved to la yeah was eating eating lunch one day and um these really pretty girls came up and were like you're so handsome are, are you an actor are you a model and he was like oh well, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to be you know he was pretty modest about it and they're like well hey here's a number this is the director and he you know he like does these short films and um it's a great way to get into the industry and and sure enough it was like soft porn Mm-hmm. And then that he met some people through that, that then that turned into one more. And it was always like, if I do one more thing, then hopefully that'll just kick me into what I w- really want to do and be an actor. Mm-hmm. And it's just this deep, dark hole he just fell into. And it got bad, really bad. And he was making a lot of money and it was really bad. He told me something. Well, he said something on the documentary, and then we talked about it. But it stu- has stuck with me about the porn industry ever since he said it. I cannot think about porn and not think about what he said. Mm-hmm. It is this: when you watch porn, anonymous. I'm talking to you now. When you watch porn, most likely you're watching two dead people because they committed suicide. It's like a ninety percent chance the girl is dead. And like a 70% chance the guy is dead. Wow. You're watching two dead people having sex and they've already killed themselves because of what what you're watching. Wow. Because of the, the, the trap that they're in, the yeah. drugs, the uh, numbing, just to try to forget. Um, the intimacy is nothing. They, they hate intimacy. It, it means absolutely nothing to them. Um, it has made them... It has dehumanized them. Mm-hmm. Crazy stuff. Yeah. Uh, follow follow uh, Joshua, and then I'm going to shut up. I'm going to let Burns uh, talk about this a little bit, too. Oh, that's really good. Um, okay, this was anonymous, no name? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, first, let me just say, like, um, 
I'm a good buddy of Granger. We've known each other a long time. Um, if you haven't listened to this podcast when I've been on, like I'm just a dude. I'm really here representing most of you guys. Uh, I'm an everyday dude, just like you, trying to um, really um, wrestle with God through life and cling to his word and understand my own faith claims and what that means and how to live that out practically. And when these questions come in, I just want to make sure you understand, like, um, I'm just a dude. Okay. So these are my thoughts, uh, my initial responses, uh, based on my experience as of now, like Granger said before, I could, I could listen back to this in five years and be like, oh, man, I would, I would answer that this way now. But in this moment, this is the thing that jumps out to me. And man, unfortunately, porn is, is just one of the things that I, I see the, this happening in or, or an effect of it. And I've been studying Colossians 3. I don't know if we talked about this, but um, set your mind on things above, not on the things of this earth. I've really been thinking through a lot of passages that talk about the mind. I don't think, I think a lot of times we over-spiritualize a lot of things, and we don't really consider how many times the Bible actually talks about our minds. Hmm. And so then I start to consider verses like that, or um, a mind set on the flesh is death. A mind set on the spirit is peace and life. Yeah. Um, guys, th- th- there is a mind focus problem in our culture. Uh, we don't consider the things that we consume the way that we can, I mean, and, and honestly, like we're not set up to really put facts to what we consume the way we do nutrition. Like, oh, we know it has that much sodium. We know it has that much sugar. Um, with the things that we're consuming... I think we just have to consider, like, how are those things affecting us? Yeah. How are we controlling our media intake diet? Like, I, I really believe that if we stopped and thought about that, there would be a moment of shock, like, oh my gosh, now I know why there's these issues with my husband. I know why there's these issues struggling with pornography. And a lot of what that does if you think about a television, like setting the channel to what you want to watch, a lot of you anonymous, you may be like, what I want to watch is God's word for my life. Yeah. But your remote is broken. Yeah. You cannot change that channel. And I think a lot of that has been habitual and a lot of it's cultural. And so I'm not exactly sure how, Besides like talking with someone like Joshua, finding some professional help, because once you're into an addictive state, you really need some professional help and and guidance to help you fix that remote so that when that thing flashes, and for this person, it may be pornography, it may be something else for you. It may be retail, shopping, it may be alcohol, it may be something, but you need your remote to be sharp so it switches back to the channel that you want to be on. If it's not, if there's a glitch or it just starts shuffling because a lot of what we do is shuffle. Mm. I mean, guys, it just, I feel like this is a real problem and this is just one of the outcomes that can come from it. Yeah. Let me back up uh, exactly what you said with Philippians 1.9. Paul's talking to his church in Philippi. He says, it is my prayer that your love may abound more and more with knowledge, and all discernment, so that you may approve what is excellent, and so be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Jesus Christ, to the glory and praise of God. So what Bernie's saying is that your love is going to grow with knowledge. And I I, I just don't think, I don't think we think about that, that, Mm. like Bernie said, how many times the Bible talks about knowledge, and that our love grows, our love for God grows with our knowledge of Him. How do you get knowledge of Him? You stick your nose in the Word. Mm-hmm. And, and Bernie said habitual. It's like making a habit of saying, hey, 
I, I don't want to do it. The beginning of a habit usually accompanies, I don't really want to, and I'm too tired, or I don't understand it. Or like if you're going to run, you don't just start and love running at the very beginning. It's it, You create a habit. Um, we can go to Second Peter. Make every effort to supplement your faith and virtue with knowledge. Mm-hmm. Um, he... Second Peter is actually great because he continues that this idea. Um, his divine this is first this is Second Peter one three. His divine power has granted to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. How how Peter through the knowledge of Him who called us to His own glory and excellence. We we have to see this. We have to see that. That oh, here's another one. This is a one two. May grace and peace be multiplied to you, in the knowledge of God. Mm-hmm. So we have to see that what we're watching, what we're consuming, what we're putting into our minds, uh, is is making us who we are. Mm-hmm. So you you may say I don't watch porn, but I watch uh, HBO and occasionally there's nudity in it. Mm-hmm. So it's like softening you for that. It's like that is that nudity okay? Or is that Pornhub? Well, no, Pornhub's bad, Granger, but you know, HP, like boobs every once in a while is not bad, mm-hmm. right? Or is it? You're softening yourself for that. So that's the knowledge behind what we're saying. And so I've given you so far, we've given you um the habit and the knowledge, the idea behind it, the biblical backing behind it. And we've I've given you this guy, Joshua Broom, to follow, maybe watch some videos. But now let's get practical. What can you do right now? And we've said this countless times on this uh, podcast, but CovenantEyes.com. Yeah, Covenant, Covenant Eyes. CovenantEyes.com came from Chad Warren a long time ago. Yep. Dude, that, that's a practical way. Like, hey, yeah. you, you want to take this knowledge? You want to take that habit we were talking about? We, that channel, that remote that's broken that Bernie's talking about? I tell you right now how to put new batteries in that remote. Mm-hmm. You sign up at CovenantEyes.com. And what that does is it you you sign up all your, you log in all your IP addresses, your phone, your computer, iPad, whatever you got, whatever you're watching. And, and you log in with like your mother-in-laws. I don't think you, maybe your mother, your sister, some, somebody that's a really big accountability in your life. And it, it shoots them a message if you go to a porn site. Mm-hmm. That, that's putting new batteries in that remote. Yeah. I dare you to do that. I dare you to put your mom as the contact Yes, um, and see what happens. Uh, there's a, another couple things that I'll say, and then we can move on. Um, a book is called, there's a book that I recommend called Every Man's Battle. I don't know if you've read this, no. but it's really good. It has some practical, um, sh- you know, uh, <clears throat> bouncing your eyes. Um, there, there's some really practical things in that book that um, I would highly recommend. And the other thing, and... Granger and I have talked about this, uh, you know, for years and years, and I'm not even sure if you still do it, but um, mental exercise, like some call meditation, there's a lot of different ways you can do this, but I deeply believe in this. I deeply believe that if you're training your mind to be able to focus on what you want to focus on, which for me, it's like, spirit, I want to hear you. I want to walk in the spirit. I want to hear your word. I want it to be what's on my mind. By practicing mental exercise, when I, I, I'm aware, like very acutely aware when I start to get distracted on something that's not, and then I can gently come back. So I don't get so far into the woods before I get to come back to where I need to be or where I want to be mentally. So finding some kind of mental exercise where you can like help that remote to switch back, mm. switch back to where you want it to be. It doesn't, um, happen overnight. It it takes wa- a long time for to build that habit. But the other thing I would do is get off of social media. Period. Mm, that's good. I'll probably end every question like that. Uh, get off of social media. Just give it a break for a while, guys, and let your mind just fast and like recover from consuming so much, and just see what it does to your mind. So that's I, all I'm saying. I don't think I could end the question without saying one more thing, and that is this that's addressing your idea that you feel like a failure, continual, continuous cycle of failure. You're not good enough for God. Um, you hate your addiction. You say, 
all of those things would be, I would be remiss to not tell you that that is the gospel and that you're at a good heart position to receive the gospel of grace. Uh, it's the people that go, actually, I'm a pretty good person. I'm pretty good. I actually love myself and I love that my habits are all good. Th- those people are much more difficult to reach with the gospel because the gospel says that no one is good. You're all good. You're in need of a savior. The, the, the parable of the uh, tax collector and the Pharisee is a good example of this. The Pharisee's mm-hmm. like, you know, thank God I'm not like him. I, I tithe. I'm, a, I'm so righteous. I'm amazing. And the tax collector's in the, over standing far away, looking down, beating his chest, saying, have mercy on me, a sinner. And Jesus says, that, that man was justified. Yep. So you, your heart position so is good. right and good to think you hate your addiction. Good. Good. You're in a right place. You hate your addiction is the right place to be. It's the people that say, it's not that bad. Those are the people that are in trouble. Yeah. Amen to that, dude. Always end with grace. I like that. <laughs> yeah. Podcast is brought to you all today by Song Finch. Is there someone extraordinary in your life and you, you just want to tell them how special they are to you, but you, you just can't quite find the words to properly capture your feelings. You know what I'm talking about? Forget those generic gift ideas that just create clutter in their house. Let me recommend a gift that's truly as unique as your relationship. A professionally recorded song crafted just for them. Original. Yes, (laughs) this is a real thing. Saying I love you can stir up all types of different feelings in people Easy for some, nerve-wracking for others, but the perfect gift can say it for you, especially when that gift is truly one-of-a-kind and uniquely crafted just for them. I love you. I'm sorry. I miss you. Yeah, these are phrases that don't usually capture the depth of our feelings, but what if you could turn your sentiments into a song to help hit the right emotional chord? Well, here comes Song Finch now. It's the ultimate gift to show someone that you care. An original studio quality song inspired by your story that's completely unique, professional, and lasts forever. Songfinch walks you through a simple four-step process to create an original song. All you have to do, if you're thinking you're not creative at all, all you have to do is tell them about who the song is for, provide some personal details, and then let them know the type of song that you want, the style. And then you pick your favorite song, Finch artist, or get matched up with one. And they're going to pour their heart into writing, recording, and producing your original song in just four to seven days. Special add-ons can come to commemorate the occasion even more, like a vinyl record of your song, one-of-a-kind art crafted from your lyrics, or adding your song to streaming services so you can more easily surprise your unsuspecting recipient. Songfinch is the only original music platform that guarantees you'll love your song or They'll work with it until you do. They stand behind their community of over 1,000 artists in every original song they create, over 300,000 of them. Check out all their reaction videos online, and you'll see why Songfinch is the ultimate gift. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song on Spotify for free so you can listen to your favorite song anywhere you go. Go to songfinch.com slash Granger and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add to Spotify streaming for your original song for free. That's a $50 value. This offer is only available for my listeners at my special URL. That's songfinch.com slash Granger. That's songfinch, S-O-N-G-F-I-N-C-H dot com slash Granger. Once you finish it, be sure to share your song with me. Next question, we have another anonymous. It says, hey, Granger. If I know the career I'm in is not right for me, how do I tell my family? I've already been to college and failed most of my classes, so they wouldn't be happy if I told them that this wasn't for me. And I don't have many hobbies or likes to really know what kind of career I want. That's the end of the email. Um, let Let me unpack that just for my own sake here. Okay. He says, how do I know if the career I'm in, so he's in a career and he feels like it's not right for him or he's trying to discern if it's not right for him, how to tell his family. He's been to college and failed most of the classes. So they wouldn't be happy if I told him this wasn't for me. I don't really understand that. And then he says, and I don't have many hobbies or likes or really know what career I want. So there's some depth to this question that he's not saying here. Um, 
There's more. This is more than you just don't like your job. You don't know what you want. Even so far as to say that you don't even know if you like it or not, the job you're in. And you failed college. And your family's typically not happy with you. I'm going to let you lead this one. Yeah, it, it feels like... Uh... <laughs> It feels like maybe the reason that I hate to speculate because it's really tough with these questions, but that he thinks his family, it'd be hard to tell his family, maybe because he has this track record of like bouncing around, like he went to college, didn't do well, and then he did this and he doesn't really, isn't really drawn to anything. And so they're like, bro, just like you got a job, stay there. Yeah. Yeah. And, And then he would have to go back and be like, ah, yeah. So that I, makes sense. I, I've known these people. Um, I feel like I've been one of these people. I was just never. Um, uh, I, I, I guess maybe I just never had the pressure of like, you got to have a career right now. Hmm. Um, so I and I also don't know how old he is. Okay, if he's totally forty five, it's different than my guess. He's he's probably early twenties. She's early twenties. I mean, can we guess that? And yep. Okay. I'd say twenty five. You know, college, been there, done that, failed it. Twenty four, twenty five. Okay, so you have a job now. Uh, this is going to be my practical advice, knowing the very few amount of details that I yeah. know about your email. Um, there's a book called "So Good They Can't Ignore You" by Cal Newport, and it talks about the craftsman mindset versus the passion mindset. Okay, passion mindset is I love yoga and. And I'm going to quit my job and start a yoga studio. And I haven't done any research on like how many other people like yoga in my area, what other yoga studios there are, how to run a business, any of that. But I love it, so I'm just going to go for it. And then I fail flat on my face instead of, hey, this is what God's put in front of me to steward. I don't know if I have a lot of love for it, but like a craftsman, I'm going to, I'm going to make the most of the opportunity and I'm going to start learning this and then I'm going to start learning my boss's job. And I'm going to learn everything there is to know about this. And I'm going to do it better than everybody around me. Because I believe that that is going to open other opportunities. And all of a sudden, when I've done this for 10 years, and people ask questions, I have something to offer. I have knowledge and, and experience that I can say, oh, actually, those ball bearings, they don't you can't do it like that because of this. And I have that experience because nobody wanted to deal with these ball bearings, but I was like, I, this is what's in front of me. So I'm going to be really, I'm going to be the best in the world at ball bearings. And then all of a sudden you have some other opportunities that come and there is this fulfillment that starts to happen. You do start to love it. I can tell you, like I did not love building when I started. There was days I just did not want to do it, but I stuck with it. I, got really good at it. And I had some mentors around me saying, hey, be better than everybody else at your job and start doing the job that you want to do. Just little things like that, just to start building. So I hope that's that, that I hope that that's some helpful advice. Um, yeah, don't, again, get off social media. You're probably looking at too much social media <laughs> and you're seeing things like, oh, that job would be awesome. And you're not content. It's stealing your joy in the moment. So I'll end again with. Verdi, I'm going to challenge you to to end every question with that. Uh, uh, don't to get off social media. I think that's good. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to challenge you every single one of this whole episode. Um, <laughs> like Burns said, I I don't know much about your story, but on top of what he said, I want to challenge you to finish something. Mm, that's good. I, I don't think I don't think you're a finisher, and and, and that's not an identity. That's a habit that you've, you've created for yourself. You have put yourself in a habit of when I don't like something, I just disengage or I quit or I fail it or I back off. And that's why now you're afraid to tell your family that you yet again have failed to finish something. And I think if your family, which families are typically... they. They are upset because they love you. They want, they genuinely want what's best for you. And I think if you were to ask them, I think they just want you to finish something. I think if you're working at McDonald's, I think if you just said, hey, I'm going to commit myself to five years of flipping burgers, I don't think they would be disappointed if you said, I'm going to do it and I'm going to do it well and I'm going to do it for five years. And you finish the race, 
I think that'd be something to say for it. So that's my challenge to you, Anonymous, is not, not even necessarily this career. You've already, you've probably already made your boss mad and you've pretty, you probably already created an, an environment with the other employees that like this guy didn't want to be here. So you might have to already leave this, but the next thing you get into, I'm challenging you to finish, finish something, set a goal and finish regardless of how you feel, regardless mm. of how you get bored, regardless of like everything Bernie said, you're not, you, regardless of the passion you're having for it, just finish it because you're a man. I think, <laughs> I think you might be a girl, uh, but, but I got a feeling, uh, this is a boy talking. So finish yeah. bro finish. Yep. Uh, next question comes from Elizabeth. Hey Granger, my name is Elizabeth. I'm 17. And by the way, I'm just thankful we don't have an anonymous person to speak to here. Elizabeth, uh, she says, I'm 17 from a small town in Southeast Iowa and I love your podcast. I've been, I have a question about dating I've known this guy for a little over a year now, and we go to the same church. We go to youth group together, and we're both strong Christians. We have confessed our feelings toward each other over the last couple of months. We want to start dating, but can't because of rules. My parents, uh, and he doesn't have his license yet. Rules from my parents, and he doesn't have his license yet, and won't until next July. We hang out at a youth group every week and sit together for church. We text every day and have a really good and deep relationship with each other. We want to hang out more often, but we could rarely find the time and places to do it. We want to grow our relationship so that when we date, we can be ready for it. Uh, I also want to make sure that we keep God at the center of our relationship. Any thoughts or advice on this topic would be greatly appreciated. All right. Thank you, Elizabeth, 17, from Iowa. Um, what's crazy about this message is you already are dating. Yeah. Like you're just, it's a title thing you're yeah. having a problem with. The and label. They're, wa they're wanting to like, you know, build the relationship for the future. It's like, you're doing that in probably the most healthy way right now that you can. Yeah. Like good boundaries. Yeah. Still have communication, still have contact. Yeah. You're very much dating, Um, but you're, you seem to be, afraid of that label, most likely because your parents have created a rule. Maybe Elizabeth is thinking when she's defining dating, it is the two of them going by themselves mm -hmm. somewhere. Sure. So in that, they're not like going on dates alone. Which I agree with. Fair? I agree with. Um, two reasons she gives. One rules from her parents. And number two, he doesn't have his license yet and he won't until next July. Um, hey, Elizabeth, this is one of these times and it's hard. I, I was once 17 and I, rem I don't know about you, but I remember 17 very well. I remember um, middle school and high school very well as far as looking back and, and remembering how I thought about certain things in life. And it's hard to hear what I'm about to tell you, but this is a season of waiting. And patience and waiting is one of the hardest things to learn as a teenager, but it's also some of the most fruit you'll get out of your life is from the seasons of waiting. It's difficult to learn it. Uh, it's frustrating. It feels like two steps back, but you will grow and learn and mature in so many ways in a season of going that I know what I want and I know where I am and I'm going to wait to get what I want where I am now. I wish I could have taken that advice at 17 because I struggled with that. We all did, mm -hmm. but I think that's what I'm telling you. What do you think Burns? Yeah, I think that's right on. Um, I think eventually you will thank your parents. Wow. Like yeah. the, what they're doing is extremely loving for you. They want the best for yeah. you. Uh, they want to protect you and help you kind of grow in a slow way. Like Grant, you're saying waiting um, and just trusting your parents. Um, I think everything you're doing, like don't get too far ahead. Um, you're on a longer 
journey than you think right now, you're probably just like, well, we got to get here. It's like, well, you're actually on pace for, I mean, and who are we, right? We're, this is just our opinion. It feels like knowing what we know that you're on pace and you're going to get there because the, the end goal, right, is to finish. Yeah. It's, it's not to just uh, sprint to the first aid station and then, you know, burn out. No, you want to like keep the right pace all the way through. Um, so yeah, I, I think this is right on. And it sounds like you guys are surrounded by a community that is, you know, supporting of you. Um, the last thing <clears throat> that I'll say just because Granger told me is you're a 17 year old <laughs> girl. Oh yeah. And so you need to get off of social media. Uh, it's probably going to distract you from your relationship with God, from being involved in your church, and from this relationship with this dude. So um, just go go ahead. And if you don't believe me, just look up some of the research that's come out lately on like teenage girls and the effects of social media. Mm-hmm. Guys, all of this stuff is about to come out. These social media companies are getting very fearful of like all the data and research. Like it is impacting you. So just, you know, there is amazing things right in front of you in real living color. Just be present for those. Love it. Um, I'm going to say one more thing, Elizabeth. I think you might need to hear this. If it comes easy, it usually won't last. And if it's going to last, it usually doesn't come easy. You put that in the song. I did. (laughs) (laughs) That's how you know it's true. It's in a Granger Smith song. Podcast is also brought to you all by Cameo. You know, with the holiday season coming up and, and you you often have people in your life that seem to have everything or at least they don't need anything. And you're like, well, what do I get them for Christmas? Well, do they listen to this podcast? Are they a fan of me and my music or maybe the Smiths or m- maybe After Midnight Radio or anything else that I do? Are they a fan of Earl Dibbles Jr.? Well, you can go to cameo.com slash Granger Smith and get a personalized video from me. Super easy. I make the video on my phone. It goes right to you. You can get it done in just a few days. I mean, or maybe even the same day. It just depends on what I'm doing that day. But you, I'll get that request on my phone. It says, hey, Granger, can you say Merry Christmas to my husband, Mike? He's a big fan. He likes Earl Dibbles Jr. Make sure you tell him a yee-yee. He's going to be with his buddies right now. He's a firefighter. Whatever you might tell me. I take that message and then I create a personalized video for Mike. It goes to your phone. And then on Christmas morning, you go, hey, Mike, I got you a Christmas present. Here it is. And it, it's, it's just a super easy way. And I think I'm a little biased, but I think it's a really neat way to give a unique gift. Again, go to cameo.com slash Granger Smith. That's C-A-M-E-O dot com slash Granger Smith. Or you could download the Cameo app on your phone and search for me, Granger Smith. I started drinking coffee again. I mean, I'm still drinking decaf, but I started drinking coffee again. So I got a little uh, pep in my step. Hold up. On the, on the record, on the podcast, what, what, what was the thought behind that? Getting back on it? Yeah. I don't know. I was just like, what are you doing, man? Like, coffee's good. So I was drinking green tea in the mornings, and I was like, yeah. And so I did it for a while. Um, before that, I was just drinking decaf coffee yeah and so it was like well what's the difference you know um but uh no i'm dude i'm, I'm so happy I'm, I'm i feel on it. a yeah. little less guilty in my life now because yeah i always looked at you and then john marlin he's another guy that's like yeah i uh knocked caffeine out of my life and i'm like bro yeah, yeah no big deal like yeah, come no. on bro that i mean i love i and i don't do much I'm actually having coffee with your brother tomorrow. Nice. At 4 p.m. That's like as late as I'll go. And I'll, I definitely will have a cup of coffee. But I do my cup of coffee in the morning, and I love it. Yeah. I love that time of day. Yeah. Try to do it for, uh, try to go without it for a month. And then that first cup you have after that, oh, dude, it's so good. It's just like, oh, so that's, that's, that wasn't the reason I did it. Um, I, I just, I, I made the switch in the fall, like August. Yeah. I was I like, remember. I'm just going to go to tea. And then it was almost like, dude, what point are you trying to prove? What are you, what are you doing? So did you notice anything different? Um, physically, yeah. Um, mentally? Yeah. Not mentally as sharp, not as much energy. Obviously you take caffeine and tea has like some caffeine, but it's sure. very low. Um, but I don't know, man. I think maybe a lot of it's just like, 
psychosomatic. <laughs> sure. What about below the head? Like anything in your body? Um, do you notice anything besides energy level? Um, like hunger? Did it suppress hunger, or did it, were you more hungry whenever I was drinking tea only? Yeah, yeah. When you cut out coffee. Um. No, not really. Great. Welcome back. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where <laughs> I was didn't like, do anything. Well, and I wondered like, do you have to do this for years? Cause people are like, green tea is so good for you and coffee is bad. And, and so I was like, you live right. in South Austin. They say <laughs> things like that. <laughs> they don't say things like that up here. <laughs> give me my coffee and then give me a beer. Um, now, yeah, maybe you had to do it for like a lot longer to like get those effects. But um, I gave it two months, man. Great. Hey, no, um, you, you remember that book? <laughs> We're way off record here, but you remember the book, um, It All Starts With Food? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, Melissa Hartwig. That, that, would, that book says, I think it's the Whole30 diet. Yeah. Yep. That says that it takes 30 days to cycle something in or out of your system. So yep. two months is plenty, plenty of, time of time for you to know. Yeah. But I wonder if the benefits are mm. are longer, you know. But dude, I don't think there is. I don't know. Great. Maybe somebody can comment and say like, "Here's the link to how green tea made me live till I was a hundred. But I don't know. I, I like I like drinking coffee in the morning. So I'm gonna... yeah. And and we should just say as we're talking, um, if people, if anyone's listening, going, "How is that not an addiction?" Um, well, I'd say yes. I, it definitely could be. Um, I have one cup a day. Yeah, I have, <laughs> you know, I have so a small like, cup in the morning. And you could probably stop if you... Yeah, I could absolutely... Really it, one cup. Now, if I was like some people that just literally drink coffee all day, and they have to, they can't function, they can't get out of bed without it, they can't think without it, then yeah. you go, okay, now we've got to back this up a little bit. You know, yeah. we're, we've got an addiction. So, yeah, I get it. I get it. It, it, it is a drug, if anyone's thinking that. Um, but, I, but I think... Um, handled in in a controlled manner one cup a day whatever yeah. it's not, not a big deal yep okay first question here um not the first but first question since bernie and i've been yapping from <laughs> isaiah not the book but the person it says hey granger how would you recommend getting over the mindset of always trying to prove yourself to those around you i feel like i'm always trying to be pushing my absolute best and don't allow myself to rest. I grew up in a household that always shut me down and told me I wasn't enough. Okay, how would you recommend getting over the mindset of always trying to prove yourself to those, okay? And then feeling like you're pushing to be your absolute best and not allowing yourself to rest. It's like the opposite of the earlier email we had of the guy that yeah. seemed to be able to not finish anything. Yeah. Um, so it's interesting because we kind of related to the other guy, and I think we could probably relate to this guy as well in different times, different phases of our life. Mm. Um, first of all, I want to say to this, that's a, that's a good, that's a good um, motivator behind you. It's good to have that in your engine. It's easier... I think, in my opinion, it's easier to suppress this guy than it is to motivate the other guy. It's easier to say, hey, you're, you need to allow yourself to rest. Mm -hmm. you're, going, you're going hard. Your engine is, is running hot. Um, I understand that you're, you, you love go, go, go and be in your absolute best, but you need to back off and rest. It's easier to say that than it is to go, dude, you got to get off the couch and do something. Mm-hmm. You're, you're failing at everything. You got to do something. It's harder to get that guy to move than it is to get this guy to slow. To rest, yeah. So what do you say to this guy? Um, I got a couple thoughts, uh, and then I'll let you respond as well. Because um, the, it sounds like there's two separate things here, right? There's he's, yeah. he's working really hard and needs to rest, but there's also this thing that kind of sounds like identity and like the pleasing David, the David Goggins. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm trying to work more, prove myself to yeah. other, other people around me. Um, and so I, I think to answer the, 
or thoughts on the last part of that first. I, I just agree with uh, what Granger said. Uh, I'm reading a book right now called The Body Keeps the Score. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've heard of this, but no. it's kind of about like the trauma that we can, uh, that different people will experience in their lives. And he, he talks through PTSD uh, with, and he studied and um, did therapy with a lot of uh, post-war, you know, military and, um, I'm not all the way through it, so I can't speak to the whole thing, but one of the things that he talks about is how they actually, some people will start to feel more comfort in those high stress situations because that's where they were used to kind of like being. So to actually rest, it feels uncomfortable. And so they're mm-hmm. like, no, I gotta, I gotta get back to that because that is like comfort. Um, I, I say that only to your point. I get it. If you're if you're used to running and sprinting all the time, it's going to feel really uncomfortable. And and man, I relate to you on this. Sometimes it can be really hard for me to rest. Hmm. Um, I I think that's probably like a um, uh, something you need to talk with somebody about accountability of like, hey man, let's just go out to the lake and fish and then you have some accountability to like, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to, I'm just going to go rest. Uh, but it's probably going to feel a little bit uncomfortable to work that, you know, in. Uh, the other thing is addressing the first part. Um, I think that there's a question of like identity maybe wrapped up in this. So uh, again, and I know we were joking earlier, but get off of social media. If you're if you're constantly seeing what other people are doing, you're not going to be pleased with what's in front of you. It's a thief of joy and comparison is going to just like make you unhappy. Um, but the other thought is um, that idea of, you know, always trying to please his parents or his family. Is that what he said? Something like that. Yeah. My household's always tried to shut me down and told me I wasn't enough. Yeah. Okay. So he's he's actually trying to overcome uh, it's the David Goggins thing. David yeah. Goggins' dad always told him he wasn't enough. Yeah. And, yeah. Um, I I think that's probably something um, you're just gonna have to wrestle with. I can tell you some things that I believe, but really you have to find and claim your identity. And if that is in the approval of your parents, um, it sounds like you're never going to get it because all they do is shut you down and make you feel bad. Um, You can easily go out and try to find it, what you didn't get from your parents in other people. Um, But it sounds like you, you have some, like some work to do from maybe some trauma that they, uh, I don't want to say they inflicted on you, but that you experienced. Um, And then finding, finding your identity and then grabbing a hold of that um, and and letting that, you know, kind of uh, define you, not what your parents did or didn't say. Totally. The, the question really, it's funny because it's divided with spaces in three sections. Number one, how would you recommend getting over the mindset of trying to prove yourself to those around you? Get off social media. Mm-hmm. That's my literally my answer to that. Number two, I feel like I'm always having to push myself to the absolute best and not allowing myself to rest. Be careful with self-help industry. This is the personality that falls deep into self-help. And there be, there comes a time, this is a, a different topic for a different day, but there comes a time, I promise you, I can attest when self-help stops helping. So be careful with that. And also balancing that with knowing that there's nothing wrong with wanting to be your best. There's nothing wrong. That's that's the part I like of this question is I'm always pushing myself to be my absolute best. Granger, help me. I'm like, no, that, that's that's awesome. I'm, I'm so glad that that's you. And you don't allow yourself to rest. I get it. I, I feel that. Bernie feels that. Um, I hang around other people that feel that same way. You're not alone. And you need to, this is what I, this is, I'll, I'll tell you what I do. This is kind of new is I have a shared calendar with like Chris and Paul's on it, Tyler's on it, uh, Amber's on it. And people can book me for things like a phone call or a, um, an interview or something, or 
maybe even a, a speaking event. But I'll, I've started putting on those hold for rest, hold for rest. Mm. Like the 29th, hold for rest. That's good. The 15th, hold for rest. So I'll start going through my calendar and I'll look at, I'll just look at days and go, that it's, this is a, like a heavy week. So then next week, I'm going to go Monday, Tuesday, hold for rest. That doesn't mean I'm just sitting on the couch. It just means I'm not taking anything from the outside yeah. on those days and I stick to it. So for you, I don't know how that applies to your life, but maybe using your phone, you go, I'm, I'm seeing that this is a busy season at work or whatever I'm doing. And so I'm going to say for these f- four days, I'm going to go 5 p.m. I'm not thinking about work. I'm shutting it off. I'm going to go 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. Uh, there is no work and I'm going to bed. And stick to it. And if, you're, if you find that you're not finishing by 5 p.m., get up a little bit earlier. But that's going to help clear out your day. Because for me, the backside of my day is a trash. It's trash time for me. My mind starts getting worthless. About 5 p.m., I can't really help anybody. I'm not myself. I'm better off just playing with the kids. Mm-hmm. Throwing the football with Lincoln and eating dinner with everybody. I'm way better if I just do that and then front load my day with things I actually need to think about Mm -hmm. and plan. And then the last thing, the number three, I grew up in a household that always told me I wasn't enough. I think Bernie uh, had some great stuff. Are you going to claim that as your identity? Are they going to tell you that you're enough or not? I I believe you know the answer, but that's going to take some wrestling. Um, It's going to take some talking through that. It's going to take some forgiveness of them, of your family. Like, hey, I just want to, I know that you have, one of the best for me, but it has come across as hurtful for me. But also, I forgive you of that. You know, that might be a conversation you have with mom or dad or whoever's doing this, and there might be healing to be found in that itself. Want to hit another one? Yeah, let's do it. Garrett says, hey, Granger, I'm 21 years old. My fiance and I are getting married in February, and we've been together for five years I love her and the family, but as our days get closer, um, but as our day gets closer, some things have came on me. We both recently left our grandfather's church uh, where he preaches, and this is very hard for her. I try to be there for her, but sometimes I feel like I'm not marrying my fiance. I'm marrying her whole family because of some of the stuff that happens and uh, how much time she makes for her family and not mine. Again, I love her family, but I want to start our family and not join a family. This has caused us to disagree on how we see our future together and where we want to live and how our, we want our kids to be raised. She's moved around a lot growing up, and I've stayed at the same farm my whole life. I have prayed a lot over this over these past few months, and I feel like um, he has not led me down a path on this subject, and I feel alone every time. I try to talk about it with someone. I don't understand why all this has changed in the last few months and why after five years, I felt like her family is trying to get into our life way more. Thank you. All right, Garrett. Um, we don't know a lot about this besides what you said. And so there, there's no reason for Bernie and I just to like pick this this email apart. Um, but, but just to say that this sounds, this sounds normal, uh, you've been dating. Now you you set a date. It's February, and you're nervous about it. It's coming up. You know, it's getting real. It's yeah. getting real. And so then you start thinking about it's getting real. <clears throat> oh man, am I really gonna deal with her dad? Like I love her dad, but is he gonna be over her all the time? And her mom, like I never really thought about her. You know, it once she was my girlfriend's mom, but now she's gonna be my mother-in-law. And then. This whole like church thing has got me crazy. And then are, are we going to be moving around? Like she, she seems comfortable with moving around and I'm from the same farm and, and we're our, we're our kids. I mean, how will we even rate? I think this, your mind's just racing because you're mm-hmm. the impending date is coming. And so just forget all of it. We can just make this simple, forget all of it. And will you love her? Will you commit your life to her through, through thick and thin, through sickness and health better or worse, rich or poor, will you make a decision to stand next to her, to stand by her? Even when it stops helping you, when it stops benefiting you, will you still be there for her? And will she say the same for you? If the answer is yes, then go for it. And it'll these things will just work themselves out. You're looking into this crystal ball, into this future, 
and now it's since it's getting real, like Bernie said, uh, you're you're getting cold feet a little bit. And I would say, continue on the path. Do you love her? Will you commit yourself to her? Will you make a covenant with her? Not some infatuation, but will you stand by her? And then you could start thinking about the the alternatives. There's a lot of families out there that are horrible, mm-hmm. and this one doesn't sound bad, right? Uh, I think what you're going through is something to push into because these same things, whether it, it's not going to be the exact specific things like your grandfather's church or this, but there's going to be things in your marriage, there's things in my marriage with my wife that we still have to learn how to communicate, how to compromise, how to be humble. Um, so this is good practice that this happened. It's, it's really normal. And, um, hopefully you see it as that. And, and it's not like a red flag of like, I got to get out of here. It's like, no, bro, you're going to run into this, like Mm. for the rest of your life. Um, you can either do that with this person that you love and grow in intimacy and grow your family, or you can do it by yourself, but you're still going to run into it. This is like human condition of, we have to live together. here we have to yeah. learn how to communicate and work through emotions and feelings and experience and what happened the other thing that i'll tell you uh, or just recommend uh, very practical there's a book called the most important year of a man's life and then on the back side or the upside down back it's the most important year of a woman's life and so mm-hmm. you're reading the book together you're reading the man's she's reading the woman's and it was written, I believe, by husband and wife. And then they, um, and so they would talk about the the topics that really the most important year of this uh, marriage being the first year. And so it kind of would give you a glimpse into here's some of the things that we're going to really start to come into the first year. One of those uh, that I remember with Leslie and I was um, these. I guess you could call it your normals is what they, I guess that's what they call it. What she thought was normal was moving around a lot. What you thought was normal was being on a farm. But what you guys have the opportunity to have is y'all's new normal. You get to decide that. And you don't decide that by her saying, this is what we're doing, or you saying, this is what we're doing. In a loving relationship, it's like, babe, let's have this conversation. I want to, I want to genuinely hear Mm what your heart is and why this is important to you. And I want to try to serve you in that way the best possible. Um, And then she would do the same thing. And then together you guys would create a new normal. Um, Maybe you can start some of those things in conversation now that will kind of just ease some of the pressure maybe that you're feeling as it's getting closer. Your family doesn't get to dictate this. Her family doesn't get to dictate this. It's up to the two of you to communicate, to be joined together and say, this is our marriage together. Let's let's do this. That's really good, man. Garrett, we wish you the best. And we just want to tell you, I think overall, what you're feeling is normal. Yeah. And thanks for emailing, buddy. All of you, all of you guys. Thanks for oh, Bernie, you forgot you forgot to tell him something actually. Oh, okay. So he's uh I mean, I don't know how I forgot this. Get off of social media. <laughs> And preparing for the wedding, you're going to look, you're going to see other people and their oh, perfect yeah. little lives that they have that you think they have and they don't. Yeah. Get off social media. Yeah. 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 <laughs> we'll love you guys. We'll see you next episode. Yee-yee. Right. See you. Thanks for joining me on the Granger Smith podcast. I appreciate all of you guys. You could help me out by rating this podcast on iTunes. If you're on YouTube, subscribe to this channel, hit that little like button and notifications bell so that you never miss any time I upload a video. Yee-yee. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80. Live March 20th from The Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. 
Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.